the Indiana women's basketball team comes away with probably the win of the season, <clears throat> the biggest win of the season, the most fun one of the season, all those things as they have an improbable comeback at Purdue on Sunday afternoon. We're going to talk a lot about that and then get you set for the men's basketball game against Nebraska tonight. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, guys? It is Monday, January 17th. This is Locked On Hoosiers, your daily one-stop stop, stop, excuse me, for all IU athletics news, analysis, and as we'll do today, a recap and a preview uh, of both the women's and men's basketball team, as I said. Thank you guys for making Locked on Hoosiers part of your day. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rude. I want to also thank you for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. Uh, just a reminder, we're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube at Locked on Hoosiers. We're pre premiering the episodes at 7 a.m. every day there. Uh, so that you and all the Hoosier faithful can hang out together, chat about the, the podcast, chat about what we're discussing about, things like that. Today's episode is brought to you by Sonos. Experience the game like never before with Sonos Arc, the premium smart soundbar for TV, movies, music, gaming, and more. Visit Sonos.com to learn more. As always, you can subscribe to Locked on Hoosiers wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Follow me uh, at Jacob Rude on Twitter, and you can follow the podcast at LO underscore Hoosiers on Twitter. As I said, I did not have enough superlatives to describe that women's basketball team win on Sunday. Let's jump into it, because in case you guys missed it, you missed an absolute incredible win. There were, on, on the schedule, there are bigger kind of resume wins. The Maryland win, the Ohio State win, the Kentucky win, all against ranked teams, all important for the Hoosiers kind of postseason, where they're going to rank, things like that. When it comes to just wins you're going to kind of look back on, remember for this Hoosier team, Sunday is that Hoosiers win 73-68 to in overtime in Mackey Arena against Purdue for the Barn Burner Trophy. And how fitting of a name for a trophy was the is that for what we saw on Sunday? Uh, it was a grinded out game for the Hoosiers, who again were without Mackenzie Holmes. Second game running, uh, she has a knee injury, still unclear of when she will return. They also lo lo or lost Nicole Cardano Hillary to health and safety protocols. Uh, she is the team's best outside shooter, uh, probably the team's best perimeter defender. Uh, vitally important to this team. We've talked all season about how this Hoosier team doesn't have a ton of depth and how important those five starters are. Uh, so to lose two of them going into Mackey Arena in a rivalry game was a huge blow. Keandra Brown started again for McKenzie Holmes. Chloe Moore McNeil starts for Nicole Cardano Hillary. And uh, it was, like I said, it was a game they had to grind out uh, to come away with this win, and it was an improbable one uh, because with a minute and 11 seconds left, uh, the Hoosiers were down six points. Um, the Purdue had all the momentum. It felt like a, a game which was just kind of one of those tough luck games 
for the Hoosiers, considering the circumstances. Um, everybody's kind of been dealt one of those types of games this season, just with COVID and being shorthanded. The Hoosiers were down, have been down a couple players throughout the last couple weeks. Um, and with a minute 11 left, Abby Ellis gets a putback uh, layup kind of off this blown fast break opportunity to put Purdue up 57-51. Uh, at that point, you're kind of – I was writing some notes down for the game. I'd kind of written it off. This is a loss, a frustrating one, but uh, one that you can't really fault them for. Hoosiers weren't having that. Grace Berger comes down, draws a foul, gets a pair of free throws. Hoosiers get an absolutely necessary stop defensively. Uh, call the timeout. Right out of the timeout, Grace Berger buries a baseline jumper. Uh, cut the lead to two. Hoosiers foul. Uh, Purdue makes both. But then Allie Patberg, who one of not one of the her worst game of the season, uh, buries a huge wing three pointer. Cuts the lead to 59-58 with 19 seconds left. And then improbably, after a Purdue timeout, the Hoosiers get a steal on the inbound, a horrible inbound pass. Uh, I believe it was Grace Wagner that chased the ball down. She actually found Chloe Moore McNeil for a potential layup. It's blocked out of bounds. Uh, the Hoosiers inbound it, and who else but Grace Berger buries a jumper with eight seconds left to put the Hoosiers up one. Um, Purdue had a shot or they miss a shot out of bounds um, and have an inbounds with, I believe, two seconds left. And it was a frustrating play where it's one of those, they threw it up in the air, two players are going after the ball. Uh, they call the foul on Grace Berger. Abby Ellis, though, maybe a ball don't lie moment, splits the pair of free throws, sends the game to overtime. That overtime period thoroughly dominated by the Hoosiers. Um, they turned to... The the players that got them there uh, to win the game, they outscored the Hoosiers. It was 13-8 to eight in the period, but uh, the final two points for Purdue, uh, they outscored the Boilermakers, obviously. Final two points for Purdue came on a basket with about a second left. Um, Alexa Gouble, who was enormous in the first half, uh, enormous all game long. She knocked down a three to open it up. Allie Patberg absolutely cashes a three-pointer. Uh, while being fouled, unfortunately, the foul was her landing on the opposing player's foot. Um, it it ruled her out the rest of the game. She was kind of walking on it. She was pretty emotional afterwards, uh, but it still put the Hoosiers up six halfway through the extra session, and uh, the two teams traded some buckets. Grace Berger, again, uh, with the big shot, puts the Hoosiers up 70-64 uh, to 64 with 48 seconds left. Again, they get a stop defensively and ice it away at the free throw line. Improbable. Uh, again, a minute left. The Hoosiers are down six, and they come away with this victory. Down two of their starters. Gouble had 21 points. Berger had a career-high 24 points. Six rebounds, six assists. Played every minute of the game. Gouble played all but one. She was 8 of 11. rest of the Hoosiers really struggled on the day, uh, but... It doesn't matter. They get the win. They absolutely grind this one out. It's It was as improbable and as fun as a win as you're going to see. I've uh, made this point over and over and over again this season. Tune into this team. Uh, this is a fun team. These are the types of wins you do not forget. These are the types of kind of moments in a season you do not forget. 
this Hoosier team is an absolute blast. They'll be off until Wednesday, and at this point, who knows who's going to be available. As I said, Pat Berg twisted her ankle pretty badly, landing on somebody's foot. Holmes has been out um, with COVID situation. It's kind of anybody's guess how long any who's going to be in and out of the lineup. Uh, but they play Michigan State at home on Wednesday. We'll get you previewed uh, for that game later in the week. But what a victory. What a fun, fun, fun game that was for the Hoosiers. Hope you guys tuned into it. If you did not, try to find that game on TV somewhere over the next couple of days. I'm sure there will be a rerun of it because it was a memorable win uh, for the Hoosiers. For Huge props to Terry Morin, uh, who I, I absolutely don't give enough props to on this show. Uh, what she's done to this program is incredible, and what she did to this or with this team on Sunday was incredible. So uh, the Hoosiers stay unbeaten in their last, I believe, 15 games. They've won six straight over Purdue. Great day to be a Hoosier on Sunday. Now, let's see if it's going to be a great day to be a Hoosier today on Monday. Men's team will hit the road again as they travel to Nebraska. We're going to get you all set for tonight's matchup and um the the i guess the keys to how the hoosiers avoid what happened against iowa moving forward um but it's the new year so that means new year's resolutions if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier make sure you include built bar in your plan built bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar maybe even better than a candy bar built bar makes it easier to stick your stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it. Uh, it's not like the other protein bars that taste chalky, waxy, like chemical spills. Uh, these are covered in 100% real chocolate. They contain, most of them, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, 17 grams of protein. Compare that to whatever your favorite candy bar is, and it's going to be better. Um, if, you're re- if you don't like working out, just take one of these Built Bars. Uh, eat something that tastes good and is good for you. Uh, that way, when you're enjoying the delicious Built Bar, you can count it as a workout. I won't tell if you won't. Uh, there's so many amazing flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, mint brownie. Uh, it goes on and on. They have limited time flavors as well. So be sure to head on over to Built.com. Check out what those flavors might be. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. I want to thank you guys again for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Men's team travels to Nebraska on tonight. Uh, the game is set for 6 p.m. at Pinnacle Bank Arena in Lincoln. Uh, the It will be on the Big Ten Network Nebraska, uh, the first time the Hoosiers have played a opponent for the second time this season. They are 6-12 on the year uh, since they last played the Hoosiers. Uh, when they played that game against Indiana, they had a winning record. They are 1-8 since losing that game to Indiana in Bloomington. Absolute tailspin. They have not won a conference game yet this season. Their only win in that span came against Kennesaw State. Uh, a six-point win at home right before Christmas. In their defense, they have played a really tough schedule. Uh, they Since the Indiana game, they played Michigan, Auburn, both top 35 opponents. 
then they played Ohio State, Michigan State, Illinois, Purdue, a game against Rutgers thrown in there. Uh, they have played the toughest of the toughest Big Ten teams really so far, uh, but none of those games have really been competitive. The Ohio State game went to overtime. Um, that was a game Nebraska let get away a bit, but other than that, um, none of these games have been that close. They're all double-digit losses, uh, aside from a Kansas State game uh, right before the break as well. So this is a Nebraska team trending very quickly in the wrong direction. Overall, they were 5-2 and two on the season, and they're now 6-12. and 12. Uh, So that is 10 of 11 lost for Nebraska. Listen, uh, I don't want to say this is a must-win game. This would be a really, really, really bad loss. Uh, we've talked about the Hoosiers' resume for the tournament. Um, that Ohio State game is going to be the one that they probably are going to put near the top of their key wins. This would completely negate that victory if they lose this one. Uh, the Hoosiers have played in Nebraska, or in Lincoln, I should say, uh, seven times. They're four and three overall, but they have won four of their last five games in Nebraska, including the last two. Uh, in 2020, <clears throat> excuse me, and 2021. Ken Palm has this one as number 26, Indiana, versus number 160, Nebraska. This is the last time the Hoosiers are going to face a team outside the top 100. Uh, Minnesota, Maryland uh, are both teetering close, so is Rutgers. But right now, uh, this is the last game outside the top 100. Hoosiers are going to play. They're predicted to win. By 10 points, 77 to 67, with an 81% win probability. That's a lot of confidence in uh, in this Hoosier team that has not won a road game yet. Uh, this feels like an easy road victory, an easy chance to get off the schneid, quit making that a talking point, and a chance to build some momentum because that Purdue game is looming on Thursday at home. Uh, so... The Hoosiers going into that Purdue game, losers of back-to-back games would be worst-case scenario. So uh, this I'm laying out a lot of reasons why this is a very big game for the Hoosiers uh, on Monday. The Nebraska, we already gave kind of the scouting report on them in the first meeting. Uh, the, the basics are that this is a team that plays really fast does not rebound offensively at all or keep teams off the offensive glass. Hoosiers should absolutely dominate in that regard. Uh, they are not a good three-point shooting, a very bad three-point shooting team, in fact, uh, ranking 316th in the country uh, in that regard. The only kind of bright spot for them is they do not turn the ball over. Uh, other than that, this is a very poor team overall, um, a exactly average offense and almost exactly average defense, uh, which kind of tells you how good the Big Ten is because an average team in both those aspects uh, when it comes to adjusted efficiency is getting crushed in Big Ten play so far. Uh, Bryce McGowan, still the leading scorer for this team, freshman, uh, has come in and um, absolutely uh, dominated really for this Nebraska team. 15 and a half points on the year, five and a half rebounds. But shooting only 39% from the field, 25% from three. Uh, it's definitely a quality quantity over quality with him, 12 and a half shots per game. 
Alonzo Verge is shooting 12.1 times per game. He's averaging 14 points, uh, a little more efficient, 43% from the field, but also 25% from three. The two of them combined to shoot over six three-pointers a game, and both are shooting 25% on them. So uh, that shows you why this team struggles so much to shoot the three. There really are not any. There's one player, uh, Kelsey Tomaninga, Tomaninga. I'm, I, I butchered that entirely, but he's the only one that's really average on the season shooting the three as well as CJ Wiltshire. Uh, those two are the only ones that Hoosiers are going to have to worry about from deep and they should be able to dominate inside on the glass again. So having said all that, how do we avoid what happened on uh, Thursday last week? Let's look at a couple different things uh, for this Hoosier team and how they have to be better. Uh, to avoid any more of these frustrating losses and what could be a really ugly loss on Monday if that was the case. But first, Bet Online would like to wish you guys a happy new betting year as we continue to our march to the playoffs and beyond. The playoffs have already started in NFL football. Bet Online, we haven't really shared the um, the spread for many games this year because they're typically not up when I record the episode. It is up for tonight's game. Hoosiers are favored by eight and a half points with an over under of 144 and a half. Uh, as I said, Ken Palm has it at 10, but has it at uh, 134 points, or excuse me, 144 points uh, as well. So uh, maybe favor the Hoosiers a little bit more, but right at that over under number. Um, but Bet Online is your number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated West desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your deposit just by using the promo code locked on. So whether it's football, basketball, hockey, boxing, even uh, UFC or your favorite Vegas casino games, uh, don't wait to take advantage of what BetOnline has to offer this year. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts couple key points I'm kind of looking at for this game and moving forward, having digested what happened in that Iowa game. I was frustrated after that Iowa game. I think it came across pretty clear in the podcast that I was pretty frustrated uh, because the Hoosiers are handing games away, and a lot of that has come with the guards. And if it's beating a dead horse, um, but the guards just have to be better, plain and simple. Uh, that is... That's it's two experienced point guards and Rob Finnessy and Xavier Johnson who are making a lot of mistakes that you would attribute to young point guards. The turnovers have to be better. The overall decision-making has to be better. Just the simple awareness of the moment, which is something I talked about is maybe one of Xavier Johnson's biggest faults is knowing uh, what the moment calls for, whether you should be pushing the ball whether you should be taking a quick shot, whether you should pull it out and set up the offense, whether you should get the ball to Trace Jackson Davis, who might have a mismatch, who needs a shot, things of that nature are what we're lacking from the point guard play with the Hoosiers. Um, it's a saying that has been said multiple times. I know Zach Osterman tweeted it um, during Thursday's game, and I think Thursday is a shining example of it. The, the post players for this Hoosiers basketball team, Trace and Race, 
have set a really, really high floor for this team. They're going to be able to do a lot of things for this Hoosier basketball team. And honestly, the floor still might be an NCAA tournament team. Uh, the ceiling is determined by Xavier Johnson, Rob Finnessy, even Parker Stewart, Tamar Bates, um, all the guards basically are going to determine the ceiling of this team and how far they can go. And when they're playing well, we've seen um, that first half of the Wisconsin game, really most of the first half of that Iowa game, this team's really, really good. That Ohio State game as well. This team is really, really good. But when they play poorly, the second half of the Wisconsin game, the Penn State game, the second half of the Iowa game, this team is just not simply good enough. And that is why this is so frustrating because it seems to be such a high variance in what this team is, what these guards are going to give you. I would say night to night, but honestly, half to half. Even that Minnesota game we talked about, first half, the two of them were brilliant, knocking down shots. Second half, uh, they leaned on Trace and Race because those two were not quite as brilliant. So even from half to half, there just has to be more consistency overall with these point guards. And I'm sure this is all things that Mike Woodson is telling them as well, but um, these are things that have to change uh, moving forward. The bench play, I think there's been a bit too much overall focus on the all-bench lineup. I know that it was a frustrating thing that Mike Woodson has gone to a couple times. Trey Galloway spoke to the media on Saturday. I thought it was interesting that he said the bench felt like they were the ones at fault for that game for giving the game away. And while there can be frustrations with playing an all-bench lineup, you still need them to perform, and they did not perform on uh, Thursday as well. So... um the bench has to be better overall as well. Uh, Mike Woodson has kind of shortened the rotation a bit. And it's a lot of Trey Galloway, a lot of Rob Fennessy, guys like Tamar Bates, Michael Durr, uh, really only get one shift. And uh, on most nights, they haven't been very good and they don't get a second shift. So they need to be better. Tamar Bates is in one heck of a slump right now after looking really good at the beginning of the season. Big Ten play has started, and he has really struggled. So it'd be nice to get him back on track, try to get some more production out of that bench, because right now uh, there's not a lot of scoring that comes off that bench. Trey Galloway comes in. He provides the energy, uh, but he's not someone that's going to get you points. That's kind of what made Tamar Bates valuable earlier in the season, is he could come in and score, uh, get you some points off the bench, and kind of ease some of the burden on the starters, and that hasn't been there as well. It also makes me think a little bit more about a potential change of the starting lineup. It Nothing has indicated that Mike Woodson is considering it, but I would consider swapping out Trey Galloway and Miller Cop in the starting lineup. Uh, the only thing that's kind of indicated it is how many games Trey Galloway has closed, um, which has been pretty much all of them since he's come back from his injury. I think it it opens up the offense more. Galloway's a really good defender, uh, a really high-energy defender, I should say, um, and can be on some of those wings. And he plays smart. He knows where to be, and that helps when playing next to Trace. Uh, you see how valuable it is for Race just knowing where he should be. 
to open up things offensively. I think it also helps with Miller Cop because ultimately I think he's a stretch four. I know he's a stretch four who's been kind of pigeonholed into a, a, a three or a small forward position. If you can kind of stagger his minutes with Race Thompson a little bit more, let him play as a four that stretches the floor, I think it would help with the scoring as well. It would help him. It would open up the offense a bit more, open up some of those driving lanes. And I think playing him alongside someone like Michael Durr, especially if uh, you're playing Jordan Geronimo in there. I forgot to mention him earlier. He's gotten some consistent minutes. But if you're playing those two alongside uh, a Michael Durr, the way those two have shot the three to different degrees, obviously, it opens things up a bit. But in general, Miller Cop. Um, offers a little bit more scoring off the bench, but there's also a pretty strong argument to keep Trey Galloway on the bench and bring his energy in each game as well. I just think maybe it's something you can try against a, a Nebraska team that struggles a lot, as we talked about. Maybe this is a type of game you can experiment a bit because those aren't those games aren't very common in the Big Ten. So uh, I wouldn't be stunned if he tried that out uh, because it seems like he trusts Trey Galloway because, as I said, he's closed games with him. So we'll see uh, if that's something he considers. In general, Trey Galloway has played really well, played with that starting five, uh, him along with uh, Xavier Johnson, Parker Stewart, uh, Trace and Race has been a really strong combination. So we'll be back tomorrow to recap, hopefully a victory, hopefully the first road win of the season. Now for your second listen, Head on over to Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop, easier said than done, for all your gambling needs hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Appreciate all the love, the feedback, everything of that nature. Follow us on Twitter if you haven't already. Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already as well. Helps us out a ton. Leave that real quick rating and review. Uh, you don't have to leave the review. I won't I won't make you do that. Just give us a quick five-star rating. That alone is a huge help. Most importantly, though, guys, have a great Monday. Have a great MLK Day and LEO.